0: You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It is the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach. I've got a brilliant guest on the show today in the form of Tom Bailey, who some of you may be able to see on the screen at the moment and shortly some of you on the podcast will be able to hear from. Tom is the founder of Succeed Through Speaking. He spent his first 25 years of his life becoming an expert at avoiding public speaking. So we're going to be learning all about now how to find your voice and put yourself out there. Welcome to the show, Tom.
1: Robin, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: We're going to dive straight in uh, with the to dig some golden nuggets, hopefully. Uh, and the first question I've got for you is like, why do people avoid public speaking? Because as a business owner, it's like one of the most the best
1: things you can do from a profile perspective. Absolutely. And you've heard a little snippet of my story there, and I'll probably talk about it in more detail later about my journey. Um, but ultimately, I find that it comes down to two main things, and that is either fear or limiting beliefs. So when it comes to fear, it's typically what if Questions that come up. So, what if I make a mistake when I'm speaking? What if I embarrass myself? What if the technology fails? And, and these what if questions ultimately stop us in our tracks if we limit, if we lack in that confidence to go out there and, and put ourselves out there and make mistakes. And then in terms of limiting beliefs, this is where imposter syndrome comes up. You know, who would listen to me? I'm not ready. And I'm not a good enough speaker yet one of my limiting beliefs was I had a Midlands accent, so I couldn't become a speaker for that reason. Um, and ultimately these things just, just stop us in our tracks as entrepreneurs and business owners.
0: How, how dare you have a Midlands
1: accent? Like, oh, and I can let know, that right? stop you. I mean, come on, I, 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 I
0: love the Midlands accent. I mean, I'm not not a million miles away. It's much mm-hmm. better than the
1: Gloucestershire accent, you know, ooh, all, yeah. all that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah, and, and <laughs> the, the big mistake I made there was investing in a vocal coach to try and make me sound like somebody I wasn't. Um, and ultimately that, sent me down the wrong path. Yeah. It's and it,
0: it, one of the things I found. So you mentioned there about like the fear of kind of looking stupid, the, the, some of those fears which kind of crop up. Um, what I've discovered, and I don't know if this is helpful or, you know, because uh, like the, the, there's two things that can go wrong in business, right? You either look a bit stupid or you lose a bit of money, right? And neither of them are actually that bad. What I've discovered is when I'm speaking on stage or on a podcast or something like that, and I and I mess it up, it, it acts as like a pattern interrupts. And I've been on stage before and said something stupid or like a swear word or, you know, done, done something ridiculous on stage or said something dumb. And everybody all immediately, they all, they look straight up from their notes, like, and they, I've got their attention. So actually it's a really good tool. If you can kind of start to bring those like skills into your, 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 your speaking, what Absolutely. other sort of tips and tricks would you give to help people to kind of bring
1: themselves out of their shell? And, and you've made a really good point there. When it does come to speaking and presenting, I, I make a rule that I'll try and make at least 10 mistakes in that presentation because that takes away the fear of making mistakes if you're actually looking for them and it's okay if you get them and celebrate mistakes because they're, every you know, opportunities to learn, as we say. And um, other big things are preparation, you know, practice, 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 prepare. Don't go into a presentation and hope you're going to wing it. You know, you really do want to put in that, effort beforehand to make sure that you're feeling confident. And and the last big tip for me, something that I had to learn the hard way, is don't try and memorize a script and then recite it word for word because ultimately that puts so much pressure on you to be perfect and get word for word that if you miss a word, it ends up throwing the whole performance. So the best thing to do is to chunk your content into ideas, into high levels or blocks and then you just have to just speak about those blocks which you know the content will naturally flow to you once you know those blocks you want to talk about
0: one of one of the biggest mistakes I I made you talked about preparation there um I did a talk uh I I can share who it's for actually it was um Seema so Chartered Institute of Management Accountants, okay. It was one of the first very prestigious speaking engagements I got that was paid um, and a really fantastic conference. I mean, there was, uh, I think, 250 or 300 people there from all over the world. Um, and I had a short keynote and I also had a um, a longer work, uh, masterclass, which I had to deliver. But I made one fundamental error, and I don't mind admitting this because I hope that people can learn from my mistakes. I didn't research the difference between a chartered accountant and a normal accountant. And and during my talk, I obviously said something that was a bit of a boo-boo and I had people coming up to me afterwards and saying, you clearly don't know what a chartered accountant is. And that was the best, I mean, I felt a bit stupid for a while, but then I was like, hey, this is all part of the deal, isn't it? When you're, you're learning to do public speaking. Um, I, I learned an invaluable lesson from that point on, but there must also be some other sort of really big faux pas that you see people make. Around, you know, when they're when they're getting into kind of speaking for the first time,
1: uh, what sort of mistakes do you commonly see people make? Yeah, and, and that, that's just a really good point. Just to build on as well is that you know you need to know your audience, and that's the same whether you're launching a business, whether you're a coach or consultant, uh, or whether you're speaking. You really do need to know who that listener is, and what value they want to get from your talk or or presentation. And and I guess just to your question there, one thing I did want to bring up today as well is that questions generate content, and that goes back to that thing around not having a script. You know, your brain is as powerful, if not more powerful than Google or, or any computer. So if you're on stage and you ask yourself a question, for example, so what did I mean by that? And it's one good question, or why is it so important that we do X? As soon as you ask those questions out loud, your brain will start to generate that content for you and provide it to you like magic. So that's just a little tip for me as well is to use a lot more questions in your presentation, and um, whether they're to the audience or to actually to yourself. And that will generate a lot of your content for you. Uh, one, one of the other, I mean, that's,
0: that's a really great tip actually. And it's one, that's one, which I haven't heard before. So that, that's absolutely gold. One of the other mistakes I made as well was to, um, I, the, uh, another, another talk I gave, I stood up and I addressed the as, Hey guys right yeah. so straight away yeah. and it wasn't a woman actually came up to me as a bloke who came up to me and said oh you're clearly a, a really good speaker but can I just give you one piece of feedback and it's nice. not what you want from an audience no. member right when, no. you're, when you're doing a talk <laughs> he said um you you addressed everybody as hey guys and I think that will have marginalized the entire audience and I was like it's semantics it's like quite a colloquial way where I'm from to address everybody as mm. hey guys but I, I totally get the you know the, the nuances of kind of that like what he was trying to say there, but there must be as well, like ways that you can uh, like avoidably, you know, or avoid offending your audience. So how, how, how kind of close to the line should you play it when you're doing a talk? I think, I think that's,
1: that's valuable. I mean, just a quick question. How many people were in the room? Uh, probably about hundred, I think for that. Event. A hundred. Yeah. So, so, so 99 didn't get offended by that. And, and one did. And I think that's really important when I speak, I always think that 10% are going to love me, 10% are going to hate me. And then the other 80% are somewhere in the middle. And, and that's, and that's fine because, you know, you, you have to be able to, we, we wouldn't go and speak if we thought that, sorry, I'm trying to explain this in, in the right way now. But the goal, and the goal and isn't to get the,
0: everybody to like the, us is what
1: you're saying. Exactly, it? It's the same yeah. in, in general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need, you need to be able to sway people either way. You know, don't try and be a yes man that, that, you know, you, you have to try and meet everyone's expectations. You know, you have to just stick in your lane and speak about what you're passionate about and what you believe about. And some people won't agree with it and that's okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and, and in terms of kind of um, what, what impact can, can speaking have for a business owner? Because I think, again, like I know the value of it, but I think too many people just, they put their fears to like the forefront and that stops them from public speaking, but they're actually
1: missing a really great opportunity. Yeah, that's a great point. And I talk about those what if questions at the start when it comes to fear. I always try and reframe that and say, what if you don't do this? You know, what if you don't do that presentation? And how much money are you leaving on the table? How many opportunities are you missing out on? And the name of my business, Succeed Through Speaking, um, speaks to that because ultimately, I believe as a business owner, the more you can speak, present, podcast, video, um, you know, do virtual summits, the more you get yourself out there, the more likely you are to raise your profile, amplify your authority and attract new clients. So yeah, I think it's critical as a, as a business skill. So you mentioned
0: a whole sort of raft of different platforms there, where you can actually speak podcast videos, actually live on stage, and things like mm-hmm. that. Even go to a networking meeting and doing a sixty second pitch—that's still an of opportunity course. to speak, isn't it? But w- what would you say is if somebody's thinking, "Yeah, I want to, I want to make more of my speaking career and actually like get this started"? What's the path of least resistance? What's going to get them into it the easiest and easiest
1: way? I recommend podcasting, and um, for for a number of reasons. One, because you're set at home in, in your bedroom or, or your home office. Um, number two, there's a lot less pressure because there's not 100 eyeballs staring at you in the audience. Um, you know, you could also go down the route of audio only podcast if you have got that fear of being on, on video. So for a lot of people nowadays, I am saying, you know, start podcasting, get yourself out there as a guest, start your own podcast, um, because ultimately there's a lot less pressure and it's a great opportunity to repurpose that content as well, because each time that we create a podcast episode, it becomes a YouTube video, it becomes an audio file, it becomes a um, transcribed blog post. It's just a great way to get yourself out there and start raising your profile as a business owner and speaker.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, so such a valuable point, which you've just raised there. So we, we have a similar sort of process to you, I think with our podcast here where we're constantly repurposing content and guest episodes, it's great to do video because you can have a natural conversation with somebody. What I noticed was when I had to do my, we started doing more monologue episodes, you know, they're released every Friday now. And, um, I found that trying to Set the video up, have it pre scripted, and just, and then talk and deliver for podcasts, for video, for everything. Way, it was just way too much pressure. So, what I've actually discovered since now is um we we do we've done away with the video just for those monologue episodes so that they come across I can just I can stand up I can just you know free flow into the into the microphone and not have any other pressures around sort of other highly overproduced sort of content and we've noticed that we've actually got a much better listenership for those ones because I just let it all out. It's just I pick a topic, five bullet points and go. And, it, and it's it's much better so I think yeah going I would I'd say scrap the if you're worried about video, scrap that just focus on audio only for now and release the podcast Absolutely. it's actually yeah. easy
1: yeah perfect yeah that's definitely the, the best first step for people
0: cool um in terms of um the sorts of clients which you typically tend to work with who, who's who's your ideal client then
1: yeah, so I I typically say entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants. Um, they're people who are amazing at what they do. They've got such great expertise, but nobody knows that they exist. Um, you know, they're the world's best kept secret because of the fact that they're not talking about themselves. They're not presenting. They maybe have a fear of camera. Um, they maybe have a fear of speaking. And ultimately, they they need to raise their profile. So, so they're the people that I um, can add the most value to.
0: Now, I, I, I mean, I've got the inside track
1: here, Tom, right?
0: But yeah. as you're saying that, there is a little bit of your story caught up in that, what you just said about your ideal
1: client, because that was you, wasn't it? How many years ago? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, I was my first client, um, but it took me about 10 years to figure out my journey. Um, so luckily I've been able to reduce that time significantly for my clients. <laughs> why, why did it take so long? What was, what was going on? Give us the backstory. Um, yeah, a little bit of a backstory then. So I had crippling fear of public speaking I had social anxiety and it really held me back in terms of my job in terms of interviews in terms of relationships um in terms of business and it's it was just something that stopped me from taking action because fear of judgment fear of failure fear of being embarrassed in front of other people um so there's a, there's a turning point as, as there always is. There was a point at which I said, you know, what? enough is enough. I need to, to change this. And, and that was for me, two things. One was redundancy. Um, I was made redundant from my job, which I thought was gonna be a job for life and then couldn't land another job because I was too scared to interview. So that was a really big wow, turning point. Okay.
0: So and um, what was the, what was the job and what was the, the ones that you were sort of interviewing for?
1: So at the time, um, I was just a couple of years out, outside of university and I was looking for a, a graduate role where you get put into a graduate program and they develop you through marketing, finance, strategy, um, up to manage your leadership. I went to so many, and um, they're called uh, days, you know, like a, an interview day where there's 30 candidates in the room and you get put through your paces activities but that was my worst nightmare being in a room full of 30 people i don't know and um, so i just had zero chances of getting that and ended up taking a job in a contact center one minimum wage and you know, I just said to myself that I've just been through university and spent four years learning all this amazing business stuff, but I'm too scared to use it. So that's a big turning point for me. It's
0: it's interesting. Is, I mean, I, I know this is a very different um, experience to maybe what you went through, but when you watch um, uh, what's the program with Alan, Lord Sugar on it? The Apprentice. The Apprentice. Like, yes. y- you can see you can see the difference between the young ones and the older ones. So the the young ones like they're like all cocky and like you know a lot of ego and arrogance and stuff like that, and they kind of come out and roll with the punches. The older people just seem very like chilled they're just like couldn't give zero fucks this is just a process let's just go through it and i think there's that age thing plays quite a, a big difference i so think so what would you say is kind of some of the biggest differences between where, where you're at on that day when you're putting a room full of 30 strangers and what you're kind of doing now
1: yeah, I mean, the the problem was, problem is, is that that actually stayed with me from that age all up until about the age of 25, 30. I've always had that big fear of public speaking um, and it goes back to the school days, but I actually kept hold of it some for some reason. And what I did was I went on a, a huge journey to overcome my fear of public speaking and I tried everything. I bought every single book on public speaking. I went to every single seminar, conference workshop, uh, joined Toastmasters, went to a vocal coach, you know. I tried everything. Um it was only when I finally said enough is enough and I booked myself as a speaker on stage in front of 400 people and I didn't have a clue how I was going to do it. Um but I made my I, I just I just said I have to do this. I forced myself to do it. It was at the Excel in London. Wow. Um no pressure. And I did it and you know what? I survived. It wasn't amazing, but at the end I looked back and thought I didn't die. No one laughed at me. I didn't embarrass myself. So that kind of was a big trigger for me to say, do you know what, it's not as scary as I thought it once was.
0: Uh, talk, talk to me about your kind of business journey because obviously that, when you did that talk, there was obviously a purpose for it for you yes. doing it. But what? what yeah. what's your business journey um, over, over the last few years? Well,
1: yeah, absolutely. So I think I've always had the entrepreneurial bug. I've always had a love for business and that's through doing business studies at university. I went on to do an MBA afterwards as well. Um, and throughout that time, I've always launched businesses. So I probably launched about four or five different businesses over the time, but I never had one customer for any one of those businesses. And that's because I fell into the trap of coming up with an idea, create a logo, create a website, did a brand, um, wrote a 40 page business plan. And, you know, I spent months creating these businesses, but then I was too scared to tell anybody about them because of, again, that, that fear of being embarrassed. So It was almost like a secret hobby I had to create businesses. Um, And I learned a lot along the way, but for me, you know, this social anxiety and fear of speaking was what was preventing me from actually um, launching those businesses. So, the point at which this so it wasn't just
0: speaking then it was just like actually you you and and please don't judge me for the way I'm about to phrase this it sounds like actually a great part of your life was about hide, hiding away in effect
1: like not like hiding in plain sight almost yeah with with withdrawing and um, you know it was called it was called withdrawal it was low confidence it was social anxiety it was fear of judgment fear of failure fear of other people's opinions you know it's it's powerful stuff really. Um, and some of my clients have that. Some of my clients have it in small pieces. I, I had it pretty bad at the time. Um, I think this is the gone. point as well, where it's worth <laughs>
0: emphasizing like, and I, I'm going to say something a bit controversial. I'm allowed to, mm-hmm. it's my podcast. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, uh, basically, that it, it's a bit like when I see people who, or hear people say things like, "Oh, I, I'm no good with numbers," and so they think that's a good excuse to like not do their accounts. For example, "Oh, I got a fine, but I'm not I'm not good with numbers." Like, and I I believe that when you put yourself out there as a business owner, there are things which you just have to overcome which means you have to be responsible for your numbers. You have to be responsible for sales and marketing. In 2021, you've got to do videos and podcasts and books and things like that if you want to be at, like out there. You've got to do speaking engagements. Like It's a major part of running a business in whatever shape or form that takes. So you've managed to overcome it. I think when there are business owners out there kind of making excuses saying, I have this fear of public speaking. If you want to be a business owner, you've got to get over it.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's what it comes down to. Absolutely. and Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And 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 that's what I did, you know, exactly that. So throughout, throughout my time, overcoming this fear of public speaking, I started to pick up one-to-one clients who I found out had a fear of speaking. And I'm like, I've just learned 10 years worth of how to overcome your fear of speaking. I might as well start teaching it to people. And, and that's when that's where Succeed Through Speaking was born, through becoming a coach, helping other people to go through what I've just been through. Um, but my goal was for them not to have to do it in 10 years, you know, and to do it in, in, in 10 weeks, for example. So yeah. that's something I've been developing over the past few years. So can we can we dig into that a little bit? Because I'm just curious, like so during that 10
0: weeks, what sort of things do you typically tend to work on?
1: Yeah, so so first of all, a lot of this, a lot of a lot of not being able to speak comes down to that lack of. Clarity. So we start off by making sure that there's laser focused on who's your target market, what's your message, what's that message-to-market match. And because as soon as you've got the confidence about your message, you're the first person you need to sell your business to. So we spend a lot of time getting real clarity around their profile, who they are, who they work with, and what they do. And also products and services, you know, I, I found out quite quickly that. People are scared of talking about their products products and services if they hadn't been validated, if they hadn't um, you know, built strong products and services which add a lot of value. So again, we have to get that right. So once we've got that foundation of a strong profile and strong products, the next thing is then actually to start podcasting, start talking about them. So I get people to host their own podcast, interview other people, be guests on my podcast and people in my network, and that gets them used to the feeling of talking about these things without the pressure of a live audience, you know, staring at them as as they're doing it. And after they've nailed that, we then go on to um, presenting. So the next stage after podcasting is virtual summits, so actually, or webinars, So speaking about your products and services and what you do in front of a virtual audience, that's the next natural step. Um, and then after that it's actually presenting on live stages. So for me, it's like learning to ride a bike. You know, you first have the stabilizers on, you then take them off. You then start doing different, um, you know, more, more complex routes on the bike, for example, or faster speeds. I don't want to throw people in the deep end and do public speaking straight away. It's that, it's that gradual step-by-step progression and yeah. And that's what we do
0: what what i really like about what you just explained there so I, I mean i know a lot of um sort of speaker trainers and and um uh, sort of people like that and i know what they talk about at toastmasters i've been to a few and various things and th- it, it always seems to come back to sort of mindset and confidence and i'm sat there thinking well that's bullshit like you know it, I, I like the fact that what you've just said there is actually you've got a very commercial very business focus on the reasons why you need to get better at speaking and that for me i mean you know i'm, a, I'm the big fan of numbers, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, that demonstrates that there's a potential ROI that people can get from this. So, of course, they invest in you, they put 10 weeks into
1: this and then at, at the back end of that, they could potentially get clients from this. And, and yeah, and the best thing is, I always say, confidence comes from competence. So, we have to start making that progress early and build it up from there. And and like you say, we do validation throughout. So, we generate revenue with my clients early on before they even start speaking about it in, in some cases. Um, and, by the end of the 10 to 12 weeks, you, you are a known authority in your industry because you've got podcasts, you've got videos on YouTube, you've been speaking at virtual summits, you've been speaking on stages. You know, you do create that authority figure um, in quite a short period of time.
0: I would love to, I'm putting you on the spot here to so take a moment to think about this if you need to. I'd love to hear about some of your success stories.
1: Yeah, of course. So there, there's there's a few. Um, you know, I've, I've not been doing this for 10, 20 years, um, but you know, there, there's a few. So a couple of ones just to bring to light is I've got one client who, um, he was the founder of the School of Coding, which is the UK's largest coding school in the UK. And he was very similar to me in that he worked from behind his laptop. Um, no one knew that he was the owner. He was um, actually scared of telling family and friends that he was the owner of this business because of fear of judgment and criticism. So we got him to go through the process, and um, podcasting, the presenting. And one of the things which was great for him was he, he became a keynote speaker in front of over 450 people. Wow! And this led to being interviewed on the likes of BBC. Um, it significantly increased his social following, like LinkedIn, and, and that really helped him generate more revenue as well. So it's a great example of being hidden behind your business to then actually being um, on BBC News and you know getting a lot of audience traction from that.
0: Yeah, wow, that's absolutely epic. I mean, and and kind of anybody can do this within reason, can't it? Is, is there anybody who you, you kind of just gone, nah? Not,
1: I, you're just not. Gonna, it's not going to work. So, so for, for me, it's people who. Um, who who want that help, but aren't business owners. You know, they're not entrepreneurs, they're not coaches, because some people say they want to overcome their fear of public speaking, but don't have a reason why. And for me, it's more difficult there because there's no, there's no driving force to get them when you've got a business owner who's struggling to get clients, struggling to make money, struggling to pay the mortgage, you know, they're like, I get it. Let me do this. Let's work through this. And yeah, here's my end goal, increase revenue. Someone who's maybe not working or they've just got a job and there's not really that driving force, it's, it's a lot more difficult to motivate them.
0: Okay, so they, they've got to be dri- driven, they've got to have a reason as to why they need to. Okay, I get that, that yeah, makes perfect yeah. sense. Great, listen, we're, we're believe it or not, we're already coming up towards the end of the show, Tom. So, um, a couple of questions just to kind of um uh wrap things up with. So, I know you run um free monthly masterclasses, don't you? Which is kind of just as an intro to get people into this. So,
1: tell us about that. Of course, yeah. So the first Thursday of every month at 4pm UK time, I run a masterclass. And this is all about how to amplify your authority, Get your message to market with confidence and clarity and ultimately, like Robin mentioned, you know, raise your profile, gain new clients, and actually generate revenue from, from speaking. So that's the yeah, first day of every month, 4 p.m. UK time. And if you just type in succeed through speaking into Google or go to succeedthroughspeaking.com, and that masterclass is on the, on the homepage. So you can just click on that, register, and I'll see you there.
0: Fantastic, and you can um, connect through uh, connect with Tom. Sorry, through all of the major sort of social media channels. So we've got LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we'll include all of the links into the show notes as well, just so people can connect with you, Tom. Um, so, penultimate question: um, We're going to jump into the Fearless Business Delorean, and uh, we're going to go back to a year in your past, Tom. So, uh, and you've got to have a word with yourself. What year is it, and what would you say to Tom back then?
1: So, you've heard my story. Um, so, I'll probably go back to that time when I was launching these secret businesses that nobody knew about, um, probably 2010, let's go 2010. And i would say to myself that famous quote from Michael Jordan, as well as other people, which is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So it's a famous quote, but it's so powerful because what it means to me is that, you know, you have to start taking some of those shots, even if you're going to miss some of them, even if you don't score those baskets and, you know, take the shots, miss a few, score a few. And ultimately for me, if I'd taken some shots earlier, I would have got to where I am now a lot earlier in my in my journey.
0: Is there something, this is my last question, which I didn't mm-hmm. prep you for, Tom. Okay. If there was something that you wanted to achieve in the future,
1: which you're currently putting off, what is it? International speaker, I think. Wow. I have spoken in the UK. I've spoken on virtual summits globally. Um, but for me, the yeah, the kind of end goal for me was to be invited to go over and speak in Dubai or the U S or, or somewhere on a big stage, because for me that that's just, it's almost like I can't believe I've ever got there from, from where I was. So yeah, that's, that's a good goal for me to have. Uh, that's that's an
0: awesome goal. And funny enough, we, we'll be on the same plane, Tom, because I've got the same <laughs> similar sort of um, ambitions for that. In fact, I, I did get booked to speak in the UAE um, mm-hmm. uh, at an 1100 person conference as the keynote. And, obviously COVID put pay to that ah, um, we did yeah. it virtually so I was gutted because I've never been yeah. to the Middle East before I'd love, love to get on that plane but uh, maybe we'll do a deal Tom if you get booked you've got to take me and if I get booked i have got to take you. Absolutely I'll, I'll add it <laughs> into the contract. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent listen Tom it's been an absolute pleasure we'll make sure we share all the links um, and try and uh, publish uh, publicize your um, your masterclass as well to get as many people onto that as we can. Uh, thank you Tom appreciate you coming on to the Fearless Business Podcast. Fantastic, Robin.
1: Really appreciate it, and I'll speak to you again soon.